Teenagers are known for being rebellious, breaking rules, and just generally getting into trouble. If you work in youth ministry, you've probably had problems with teenagers in the past, and you probably will in the future. In this episode, we're going to take some time to try to understand why teenagers cause problems and how we can do a better job of ministering to them. My name is Michael Collins, and this is Maximize Youth Ministry. The show exists to help you gain skill and confidence in youth ministry, so I hope you love the show today. Let's get right into it. I've got some news for you. It might sound crazy, but teenagers do not exist. Now, I know that sounds weird. Let me explain what I mean. The word teenager wasn't invented until the early 1900s, and then it wasn't really used much by anyone until the 1940s. That seems crazy to a lot of people because so much of our culture and media seems to revolve around teenagers and what it's like to be a teenager and the high school experience and all of that. And society has turned teenagers into their own class of people with their own unique culture that's somehow separate from the culture of all of the adults and children around them. They're their own animal at this point. And that makes it kind of hard to understand them, kind of hard to work with them, kind of hard to relate to them or get them to listen to us in any way. Being a teenager has turned into this sort of extended childhood where you're halfway an adult and halfway a kid, and it's really confusing, and the line in between childhood and maturity is super blurred, and that isn't helpful for anybody, especially teenagers. In your teen years, you're trying to be an adult. You're trying to figure out who you are and at least the way it seemed for me was all you've really discovered is that you definitely are not your parents, (laughs) but you don't really know who you are, what kind of person you're going to be. You're trying to figure it out with your friends and looking at adults around you and movies and TV shows and all of this. And it's good. It's good for us to realize that we aren't the same people as our parents and try to grow up. Scripture tells us we're to separate from our parents and cleave to our spouse. So what, I mean, why, else, why do you think that teens are generally super focused on the opposite sex and dating relationships? It's because they know that that's part of growing up, is you separate from your parents and you are joined with your spouse. And trying to be an adult is a very important part of growing up. important part of becoming an adult is attempting to become an adult. But when the adults in your life are telling you that you're not old enough, you're not responsible enough, you're not mature enough for whatever it is that you're wanting to do, it can get kind of hard sometimes. You know, movies, books, social media, and other adults are constantly telling teenagers what they're supposed to do. We say things like, you're too young to be thinking about that right now. Just take some time and enjoy being young, you know. Movies seem to glorify slacking off doing drugs, partying, trying to avoid responsibilities. But when we tell kids or when we tell teenagers things like, don't worry about that now. Don't worry about trying to figure out whatever it is that they're trying to work at. Worrying about girlfriends or getting married or a job or whatever it is. And when we say things like that, what we're really telling them, whether we realize it or not, is stop trying to grow up. You're trying to grow up too fast, but growing up is exactly what kids are supposed to do. They're supposed to try to grow up. And I think most teenagers are hungry for responsibility. Now, you might disagree with that. 
When you hear me say most teens are hungry for responsibility, you might think, well, I know a lot of teenagers who don't seem interested in responsibility at all. But you'd probably agree if I were to say most teens are hungry for freedom, right? They don't like being told what to do or when to do it. They don't like to be told that they're doing something wrong. And so that results in them wanting to sneak around and try not to get caught doing the things that adults in their lives disapprove of. It's because they want to be free to live their lives in whatever way they decide to do it. But wherever there's freedom, there is responsibility. If you're free to make any decision you want, you are also responsible for whatever decision you make. As an adult, you're free to do whatever you want to do when you wake up in the morning. And you've learned over the years which sort of decisions are going to help you and which ones are going to make things worse for you. So most of the time, hopefully, you make good choices. But if you make a bad choice and are negatively affected by that, the only person you can blame for that consequence is yourself. You are completely responsible for that decision. You're completely responsible for your choices, for the way that you live your life. But if a nine-year-old wakes up in the morning and decides to walk down the street and set off fireworks inside the nearest convenience store, who's going to have to pay for the damages? Probably the child's parents. And why? Because the child's parents are at least partly, if not fully, responsible for the actions of their child. And teenagers are in this middle ground that we've kind of created in the last 70 years or so between adulthood and childhood, where they are partially responsible for their actions and partially not. And sometimes the adults in a teenager's life don't always agree on which areas they should be responsible for and which areas they shouldn't be. And it's not helpful at all because teenagers are trying to figure out in what ways are they an adult and in what ways are they still a child. And it's confusing enough without us sometimes treating them like adults and sometimes treating them like kids. So what are we supposed to do? Well, in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, Paul writes, When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. He doesn't say, when I turned 18 or 21, I gave up childish ways. And when we assign a specific number of years that you're required to have to be able to be an adult, I think we're limiting those teenagers that are ready to achieve more before then. Because we're not willing to give them the responsibility that they are desiring. We're our goal in youth ministry with teens is to try to help them to give up childish ways and grow closer to God and mature in their relationship with God. And there are, I think, three main ways that we can do this. But first, I want to mention a few of the remarkable teens from history just to help convince everybody, um, if you aren't already, that you don't have to be 21, 25, 30 40 to be able to do incredible things. So have you ever heard of Lewis Braille? Well, you've probably heard of, of Braille, if not the Lewis part, but Lewis Braille is a guy who invented Braille, the method that blind people use to read, and he invented it at 16 years old. How about Laura Decker? Laura Decker sailed around the world by herself at 14 years old. Alexander the Great, probably heard of him, right? Well, he was 16 years old, when he captured his first territory and founded his first city. And how about the millions of teenagers who have died in the hundreds of wars that have been fought across human history? So what's the difference between those teenagers 
and then the teenagers in our youth ministry that we maybe are struggling with. Well, I told you, there are three things that I think we can do to help our teens give up childish ways and become adults and feel like adults, because that's another (laughs) important part. They want to grow up. They're trying to grow up. They want to feel like adults. And those three ways, those three things that we can do uh, are empowering, educating, and expecting. Let me break this down a little bit more for you. Empowering. By empowering kids, I mean giving them responsibility and authority. We're giving them the power to be able to take responsibility and act like adults and give up the childish ways. We're giving them responsibility for certain tasks. We're finding things that the ways that they can take responsibility and giving them the opportunity and the authority to be able to act on those things. Maybe it's resources. Maybe it's putting them in a position of leadership in some way. Um, but we're giving, we're empowering them to be able to act. And you know, a lot of times we can struggle uh, to give kids responsibility or to give them authority or to put them in any position of leadership because they're not going to do as good of a job as we could do if we just did things ourselves. But it's okay for them to do things badly. It's okay to make mistakes. And that's another important part of empowering them is showing them that it's okay when you make mistakes because you, as the youth leader, as the minister, you're there to help them work through those mistakes. And so you can showing them that it's okay for them to make mistakes is another way of empowering them. What we don't want to do, which we adults are sometimes really bad about, is dismiss teenagers when they suggest new ideas. Teenagers will sometimes be ready. They'll want to take charge. They'll want to suggest things. They'll want to improve a certain program or function or event or something. They see a problem. They want to try to fix it. And so they'll go to you as the leader and suggest a new idea. And they'll suggest something sometimes that is very obviously not going to work. Or maybe it's something you've already thought of. Or maybe it's something you've already tried a couple of years ago and it didn't work. So you know it's not going to work. And so your gut reaction when you hear this suggestion again is just to dismiss it. Like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. That's a bad idea. Maybe you don't say that explicitly, but that's pretty much what you're saying when you dismiss it. And we don't want to do that. (laughs) We don't have to implement every idea, but we want to discuss it with them, help them to understand why we're not going to do it, why we're not going to implement their idea if we aren't going to. And if we don't have, have a good reason to not implement it, then give it a shot. You know, we're looking for opportunities to empower our youth. And so if somebody suggests something to you, that's a great opportunity right there. But when we dismiss something without talking it out and without listening and having an adult conversation with the teenager who's suggesting it, then we're shutting them down and we're taking away their initiative and their drive and we're doing the opposite of empowering them. But when we empower them, that typically leads us into an opportunity to educate them as well, which is the next thing. We want to teach them how to do certain things. We want to show them the right way, ideally, or let them learn by making mistakes, like I was just talking about. But the most effective way, I think, of educating teenagers in most scenarios, not talking about just book learning or learning how to do math equations, but in educating them about the world and how God wants us to live in the world, is to ask them questions. Ask them lots of questions and get them thinking about why. 
why they should or should not do something. If they have an idea, if you're trying to encourage them to do something, ask them questions to try to get them to figure out for themselves why they should do it. Or if you're trying to get them to stop doing something that you know is bad for them, you need to try and get them thinking about why it's bad, why they should stop. If we just start lecturing them about what they should or shouldn't do, then we become just like every other adult that is treating them like a child. If you have a disagreement with a coworker and that coworker comes to you and just starts lecturing you and doesn't ask you any questions, but just starts telling you about why what you're doing is wrong and what you should be doing instead and why that way is right and your way is wrong, your first reaction that's probably just going to be to shut it down and ignore it and you're going to be annoyed that you're being treated like a kid. Well, teenagers are, get annoyed that when you treat them like kids. So treat them like adults. Now, maybe they're, they're not adults yet. Maybe they're still acting like children. But part of growing up, like I said earlier, is trying to grow up, trying to be an adult. And so when we treat, we want to treat them like adults in every way we possibly can and only resort to treating them like children when we have to, maybe to keep them safe or keep them from doing something that's going to get them seriously hurt. But don't talk to the kids like they're kids. Talk to the kids, especially when they're in their teen years, like they're adults because they're trying to be adults. And it's just annoying when you start talking down to them. So ask them questions, have a discussion with them about why, and that's one of the best ways you can educate them about the world and about God and their relationship with him and minister to them through that is to get them to understand why. And then the last one's the biggest one, I think, which is expectations. America, at least, currently doesn't expect very much from teenagers. We expect them to get into trouble. We expect them to be lazy. We expect them to rebel. And so what do they do? They get into trouble. They're lazy. They rebel. They follow the expectations because that's what's being laid out for them. That's what they're being told they're supposed to do when they're a teenager. Teenage years are all about goofing off and trying to avoid responsibility and hating adults and arguing with your parents and everything else. So we need to be different. We shouldn't expect the worst from our teenagers. We should expect them to act like adults. If they want to be treated like adults, we should expect them to be adults. Now, they're not going to meet those expectations all the time. And so I'm not saying that we want to make them feel bad when they mess up. But what we don't want to do is tell them that it's okay when they do something wrong because they're so young. If you wouldn't tell an adult that it's okay for them to do something, you shouldn't tell a teenager that it's okay for them to do it because they're younger. We want to set the same expectations for our teenagers that we would set for any other adult in our lives. Not everyone is driven to go above and beyond the expectations of the world. Teenagers, like I said, they're trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to figure out what kind of person they want to be. And the last thing they want to be is an outsider who is a weirdo and gets ignored by all of the people around them. So they're going to kind of follow the crowd. They're going to do the things that seem the most normal to them for teenagers to do. And in other words, they're going to do what's expected or what their friends are expecting or what they think the society or the world is expecting of them because they want to be accepted 
by the people around them. So we need to expect more from our teenagers. We don't need to be expecting them to get into trouble. We don't need to be expecting them to be lazy and not show up on time. We need to expect them to act like adults. And when you start expecting them to act like adults, they'll start acting like adults. But the best thing that we can do for our youth, regardless of whether they're teenagers or not, is to love them all the time, no matter what. And if you've been listening to more than one episode, you probably know when I say that, that means we're at the end of the episode. So I hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you in the next one. I hope you enjoyed that episode. At the time of recording this, we have five reviews on Apple Podcasts and four on Spotify. I would love it if you could go and increase that number by one. It'd mean a lot to me and let me know that you are out there, you're listening, and you're enjoying the show. Thank you so much for listening.